Get your fill of baseball news and beer reviews at foulballarea.com. Follow our blog for the latest news around the baseball world and read about some of our favorite ballpark beers. Tune into the podcast every Wednesday as we take a deep dive into the topics of the day. Stay connected by signing up for our mailing list or following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Foulball Area. Now, here's today's episode of the Foulball Area Podcast with Matthew Atkins and Trey Lyle. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the Foulball Area Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Atkins, alongside my co-host, Trey Lyle, and we've got another great week of baseball talk coming at you. And uh, the past couple of weeks, um, we're just, we're just going to get right into it today. The past couple of weeks, my wife, Mariah, has been telling me we got to start including some video content along with the podcast and I think we might have to do that this week because Trey is rocking a killer mustache right now. So I think we're going to have to put a video out so everyone can see. Oh, you might want to fix the hair right now. That's not a good look right there. There you go. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, Trey's got a, a nice mustache going on this week. I think he uh, shaved that for the race down in Darlington last weekend. Is that right? I did. And I've kept it because I had a busy week and haven't shaved yet. We'll see how long I keep it. It might be uh, a couple weeks. It's a good look. I like it. I approve. So, I myself cannot get there. So, you've I, tried. Uh, I've seen it. Oh yeah, we've tried, and don't need to you go down that road again. The problem is you have blonde hair, so like yeah, it's really hard. Yeah, blonde like hair, and facial in, hair. You don't see it at all. Right, blonde hair and facial hair do not go well together, especially when there is like one one section of my upper lip that it does come in pretty thick and it's not the section you want to have a mustache on. Yes. All right. <laughs> um, last week was a special day or earlier this week, I should say a special day in foul ball area. It was Trey's birthday. And of I course, a special, it was the day. If you have been listening to the podcast or if you know us, you know that our birthdays are very close together. Mine is coming up this Sunday. So we're going to do a special birthday episode of the podcast this week. We're looking at the best players in baseball history that we share birthdays with. And I've done a little bit of research on this. I think Trey's uh, roster would have me beat if, if we were going to put together a whole roster. But even just looking at the top couple of players, he's got me beat because he's got a uh, a killer lineup of players that he shares a birthday with. Yeah, I didn't do as much research as you did. I just know it's George Brett and John's Bolt, so that's two Hall of Famers, and I will uh I'll take that. Um, uh, kind of shocked that I got you know those two caliber of players on my team, but I feel really good about it. Yeah, good uh good duo right there, two Hall of Famers and George Brett and John Smoltz, a great hitter and a great pitcher. Uh, I looked at so I, I did this research on Baseball Reference. You can search players born on each day, and you can sort them by you know, pretty much anything by their name, by when they were born and by their stats. So I sorted them all by wins above replacement because that's a pretty good, you know, general way to see uh, how good a player was. And the best player that I got born on May 21st is Hall of Famer Earl Averill, who was born in 1902. I'm going to be honest, I'd never heard of him until I was doing this research, but he's a Hall of Famer, so I'll take it. That's That's pretty good to have a Hall of Famer that you share a birthday with. The next big name that I see on there is Josh Hamilton, who we all remember him from the uh, late 2000s, early 2010s run with the Rangers. That's not a bad player. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll take that. You know, that big uh, home run derby performance that he had. Uh, I think that was the year he was in Yankee Stadium. The last, yeah, old Yankee Stadium. 
Yeah, I think he had like 28 home runs in one round. Uh, was a record at the time. Uh, and he went on format. to win an MVP in the American League. He hit five home runs in a game one time. So pretty good player there. Uh, I'll take it. And then I, I had to scroll way down on the list to find someone with very low um, career wins above replacement as a player, but a Hall of Fame career as a manager. And that's Bobby Cox. So, so I actually didn't know that I share a birthday with Bobby Cox, so of course, the Hall of Fame manager of the Atlanta Braves during their uh you know stellar hey. 1990s run yeah how about that so you're just like you know a lot of braves are featuring right now john yeah. smoltz bobby cox i mean you got to feel excited about it yeah there we go good uh good company to share a birthday with but yeah big week in foul ball area trey's birthday was on monday my birthday coming up this sunday we are celebrating here in late May. And we're also celebrating because the Atlanta Braves are still playing very good baseball. And Ronald Acuna Jr. is the MVP of the National League so far this season. He is on fire right now. He has hit a home run for the past four games. And I think something like five of his last six or five of his last seven. He has seven home runs so far this month. He's making a very good case for himself to be player of the month for May as he was for April. He currently leads the league in on-base percentage. He leads in uh, or on-base plus slugging. He has 11 home runs in the season, 27 RBIs. He leads in hits. He leads in runs. He leads in stolen bases. He's the best player in baseball right now, and I really love to see it because he's my favorite player. He has been since he came up into the major leagues in 2018, and after everything he's been through with the injury in 2021, uh, struggling to get back to his full self last year. To see him come out and start the season as well as he has already, it, it's been really, really fun to watch uh, so far this year. Yeah, I mean, he's he's the player we expect him to be. I, You know, with ACL injuries, it always takes probably more on the longer side than the shorter side. So finally having that full year under him and then coming back, he just he looks so good this year. He's playing phenomenal baseball for a team in Atlanta that I am I I think is really the favorites in the National League and um you have to give him credit uh shout so shout out to uh Acuna for uh for batting well but uh you know we're gonna Aaron Judge is 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 doing Aaron Judge things in uh what was it four of his last five games he's had two home runs in them um, that's his 30th multi-run home, ga- home run game. He has seven home runs in this month. I mean, he is, he is hitting the ball pitches or tipping pitches to him and he already can mash balls, but you tip a pitch then he can hit it even farther. Um, but, uh, yeah, so both, uh, you know, our respective quote unquote favorite players are both mashing baseballs right now. And it's, uh, it's fun to see. Yeah, Judge also with 11 home runs on the season, just uh, just like Cunha, and like you said, seven home runs so far this month. You mentioned the tipping pitches. Of course, that's been the big story all week long across Major League Baseball is this incident earlier this week where the Yankees are playing the Blue Jays, and while he's at bat, Aaron Judge glances over towards the Yankees' dugout, and the Blue Jays' broadcast crew caught it, and they decided to go back and watch the video again, look at it, and they brought it up during the broadcast uh, saying it's unusual, which I guess it is. You know, usually when the player is at bat, they're focused on the pitcher, waiting for the pitch. Uh, They said it was unusual that he was looking over towards the Yankees' dugout 
and I think it got blown way out of proportion. Especially after the pitcher admitted he was tipping pitches. Well, that didn't come until a couple of days later, but yeah, but that, that that's ultimate. Like to me, eh, it was cheating legally. I guess like I I understood it clearly. The Yankees saw something, and Judge was like looking over either the first base coach or or the or the dugout to to see what it was coming, and then he met. Like and he mashed the ball right after it happened. So I, I that's what I think happened. Um, I, I think it's as simple as that. I agree with you. It got blown out of proportion. Um, I think if it was anyone other than Aaron Judge, it probably doesn't, or at least like who's on the Yankees. So um, but yeah, that's that's simply what happened. And there's nothing wrong with that. If you see something happening on the field, if you can catch on to the other team's signs, which by the way, the Blue Jays were using pitch comms, so you know, can't even steal signs there. But for players, teams that still do use signs, if you can, you know, figure them out, if you can catch on to a pitcher tipping pitches and you can somehow relay that information to one of your players with hand signals, with you know, anything that you can do on the field, there's nothing wrong with that. That's a hundred percent legal. It's when you do what the Astros did and you bring in electronic equipment and video cameras and get this whole system where you have someone in the in the clubhouse watching the the catcher's signs and then relaying the information that's when it becomes illegal but if you're just on the field seeing something happening relaying that to a batter with hand signals or whatever it is that's fine that's not illegal because there's no electronic equipment being used or you know i think a couple years ago teams were getting in trouble for using apple watches in the dugout or uh, you know that that's when stuff becomes an issue when you start there using was no trash cans there, there were no trash cans but um, when you start using a system like that or using electronics to relay a message or to to figure out the other team's signs that's what it's when it's an issue so I have no you know there's no issue with what Aaron Judge was doing it's 100% legal there's no problem with it I think it got blown way out of proportion. It's been a huge story this week. Everyone's been talking about it all week. I've seen it on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook all week. And I just don't think we need to be talking about it that much because it's not that big of a deal. But yeah, he has been having a, a great uh, a great week, a great season so far. And another guy who's having a great season is Shohei Otani. And all three of these guys that we've talked about, Judge, Acuna, and Otani, they all hit a monster home run on the same night, Monday night, 450 or more feet, an exit velocity of 114 miles per hour or higher. They all did that. It's the first time that there have ever been three home runs of that distance and that exit velocity since MLB started using StatCast to track home runs in 2015. And they were all hit by, of course, three superstar players in Aaron Judge, Shohei Otani, and Ronald Acuna Jr. So massive home runs by those three players all on the same night. First time that's happened since at least 2015. And then I think uh, Judge and Acuna both hit another home run on Tuesday night as well. And then today, earlier today, the Angels playing in Baltimore, Trout and Otani each hit a home run. So a lot of home runs by superstar players this week. Uh, a lot of home runs overall across Major League Baseball. And it's been a really exciting season to watch offensively so far. Um, as we look at it, Aaron Judge, as we are live, Aaron Judge just hit a two-run run against. The there you go. <laughs> as we are, as we are talking, um, yeah, 
Uh, superstars doing superstar things. I think the pitch clock kind of forces pitchers maybe to not throw their best stuff consistently because it's just such in motion. But I think this is what we want to see out of the game. Our superstars being superstars in this, they're all hitting their strides right now, and it, it's fun to see. It really is, and especially when it is your favorite team, like Aaron Judge on the Yankees for you, Ronald Acuna Jr. on the Braves for me. It's always a good time to see that happen. And just to be, you know, Judge got hurt also during this month, so a better way to place his his recent run is he has six home runs and 14 RBIs since coming off the injured list. Pretty impressive. Last week. That was last yeah. week. That's pretty impressive. That's what you want to see out of a guy like him. Aaron Judge being Aaron Judge. But even with Aaron Judge being his usual self, the Yankees still in fourth place in a very tight American League East division. The Rays are still atop the division. The Yankees in fourth place, seven games back, but they're still in a wild card position because that's how good the American League East has been so far this year. Yeah. Um, it's kind of incredible to see where they're at. They're actually tied with the Astros for the last wild card spot. As they're playing the Blue Jays tonight, who are, I guess, a whole game up. So if they beat the Blue Jays, they'll be tied for third in the division at 25 and 20. They're right now, they'll be 26 and 20 if they win the game tonight. Even if they lose, it'll be 26 or 25 and 21. Um, it's kind of incredible how good the AL East is being when last place is 24 and 20. Just to put in perspective, the Twins who sit atop the Central are 24 and 20. So it's kind of crazy seeing the AL East. Yeah, it is. So you got you have division leaders that wouldn't even be in the wild card because other teams are just too good. I mean, I I don't know how long a division can keep it up with every team being this good because at some point you know they're going to be playing each other so much that at least one of these teams is going to have a lot more losses. The Yankees and Blue Jays will be two basically two games out of first in the West as well. So it's kind of crazy what what's going on. It's uh it's a really stacked division. Um my my wild card pick um you know both in terms of being an actual wild card team and it was a really out there pick uh before the season was the Red Sox to make the playoffs. They're half a game out of the wild card right now. Uh, they're in last place in the American League East, but they're only half a game out of the wild card. So that pick doesn't look too crazy at this point. It could happen. Could happen. We uh, moving, moving over to the National League, the Pittsburgh Pirates still up there in the NL Central, but they're in second place now, a game behind Milwaukee. So they're still playing pretty good baseball. They have fallen out of first place. Uh, we we like seeing them in first place because the Pirates haven't been good in a long time. And I think that, uh, like I said a couple of weeks ago, they're one of those teams that they're a, a classic baseball team that has had success throughout their history, not so much recently. But, you know, it's good for baseball when they're good. And so I like seeing them succeed. Uh, they're currently in second place. They would be in a wild card if the season ended today. So they're still having success. I like to see that. The Braves still have a firm hold on the National League East. The Mets have been pretty disappointing uh, so far this season. They're in third place. They're a game and a half out of the National League wild card right now. And they just seem to be struggling. So, you know, they they just can't get it together. And I 
it's still early. Like I said, I think last week, I don't like to make any, you know, real uh, harsh judgments about any team or player until Memorial Day, until we get into June. That's when you kind of have a real feel for how good a team or a player is going to be this season. So I'll give the Mets a little more time, but they're struggling right now and they've got to figure it out soon. Yeah, um, I think the Cardinals are starting to ride the ship. Looking at the National League, eight and two. I mean, they're still last in the division, uh, but they're eight and two in their last ten. So they seem to be kind of getting things fixed around there. But uh, I think you you touched on it. Uh, I think uh, maybe the most disappointing team is quickly turning into the San Diego Padres. Yeah, the Padres currently fourth place in the National League West, and they are three games out of a wild card spot. So not a good look for the Padres, a team that we expected to win the division this year with all the, the talent that they've brought in and the team they put together with Manny Machado and Juan Soto and Xander Bogarts and, you know, the incredibly talented team they have there in San Diego. And they just have not looked like what we expected them to look like uh, so far this season. And Juan Soto has been a little disappointing too. And it, it, that's that's rough for him because this is a contract year. He's a free agent after this season. So, you know, he's got to turn it around. He's got to start performing if he wants to get a big contract uh, next offseason. Or, you know, he might regret turning down the Nationals extension that they offered him last year. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, yeah, they all got to get it turned around. I think Juan Soto will still get his money, but we will see how it shakes out. The Padres are quickly becoming it's them or, or the Mets uh, becoming maybe the most disappointing team in baseball and the Cardinals. All right. We, uh, that will move through everything a little quickly today. Yeah. Quicker, shorter episode. It's we're getting, you know, we're about to get to the dog days, Matthew. So, you know, the dog days, you know, days get longer. Podcasts might get shorter because we have a whole season. And make sure you stay stay along for the journey as I had to adjust there because Hokey was pushing myself out of this couch. As always, make sure you like and subscribe wherever you get the podcast. Leave us a five-star review. Connect with us at Matkins News, at Trey Lyle VT, at Foul Ball Area. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Foul Ball Area Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Foul Ball Area Podcast. Make sure to leave a review and a rating wherever you get your podcasts, and subscribe so you get new episodes as soon as they come out.